0: Welcome, guys, to another episode of Before Midnight Podcast overlooking the beautiful downtown Frankfurt area. I'm your host, Brian Schengenfelder. My co-host, Linda Word, could not make it this week. We had scheduling conflicts that kept us together, so you are stuck with me in this, what will be a shorter episode than normal. Uh, the last week has been an interesting week here at our household. my son has had his 10th birthday party. It was a wild event with... Jumpy, water slide, lots of kids, lots of fun. But it was a fun time to had all those people over and, and, and have some normalcy in life and let the kids run around and, and have their fun. It was a lot of good. We also had soccer over the weekend. We have soccer every weekend anymore. It's just the nature of being in two leagues. Well, two leagues, and then one of the teams is in two leagues, three leagues worth of games. There's always games to be had. Alex is doing really well in soccer. He's really doing well on the defensive side of the ball. he uh got to have to work on effort. He he kind of loafed in some of last week's game, but for the most part, the skills are there. I just have to get the effort up for him. He's really improved as a goalie. That's been exciting to see. You, you can really see him now reacting to the ball much more than he did even a month ago. always had a good presence for what to do after he has the ball. His punting has gotten better. It's really... He's becoming a, a pretty good little goalkeeper and, and that's been exciting. To see. The weather is turning cold. Wouldn't be a podcast without us talking about the weather, at least me. We're starting to head to colder weather. Burr. I know my co-host enjoys the colder weather. Me, personally, I hate it. <laughs> it makes biking just a little more miserable. I can't really get out in the mornings or especially when it's 40 degrees. It's just really cold for biking. I have to kind of wait for it to warm up. Kind of the Natural moaning and groaning of, of a triathlete is the weather, and the weather has just been <laughs> just not my friend this whole year. Between triathlon and coaching, heck, I mean, I've got my own soccer team or the Y team. We've had four or five practices. Two of them have been rained out and had to be rescheduled, which is <laughs> not ideal when you are got a whole new group of kids and you're trying to teach to play some soccer. Uh, it's just been kind of a crazy time. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about, this week in this abridged version is bonking and pacing this kind of comes back out of my one more final thought from my race and how i just didn't really have a a good punch at the end and that got me thinking about pacing in general and how important that is for triathletes to understand and kind of master it's really not an easy process i mean we've all been on you know everybody talks about bonking you've everybody's been on a long ride who's been in the sport for a while, where somewhere near the end of the ride suffers a bonk. And that means they just lose their energy, they can't finish strong, they can continue on. But at the end of the day, that's just the body beginning to stop operating because your pacing has been bad. You People call it a bonk, but it's not really a bonk. If you want to see a bonk, a true bonk was captured by... I don't remember which channel had the 1982 Iron Man when Julie Moss truly bonked at the end of the race where she actually ran out of glycogen. Because bonking is actually a term that comes when you run out of glycogen and your body just shuts down. Julie Moss suffered at one of the most famous end scenes of an Iron Man where she's in the last mile. She completely loses bodily function. She can barely walk. She's stumbling. She has almost zero control of her body. It was kind of a heartbreaking scene at the time. It also was one of the scenes that really thrust Iron Man into the National conscience as well. I'll put provide a link to the video of it. Uh, maybe we'll embed it in our uh, a little snippet of it, of her actually bonking. For most people, when they're going out and doing that long ride and they come up short at the end of the ride or they're at the end of the race and they are fading down the line, they always call it bonking. And they're like, oh, I should have just eaten more. I didn't eat enough. And that's really not what happened. (laughs) You didn't really run out of food. It's a true bonk of running out of food becomes one of those things that is ugly and very rarely actually occurs. What usually happens is you've reached your fitness limit for that day. And your body naturally slows to protect itself from suffering further damage. Because the brain is a very powerful organ of the body. It controls all of your functions. And basically what happens is once you've reached a certain level of fitness, the body will slow you down to keep you from hurting yourself. Because if you were just to continue on, you'd tear muscles and you wouldn't be able to function again and could potentially seriously damage yourself. So the body will self-correct for you even though you may want to go hard and continue on down the path, the body's like, no, no, we really can't do any more of that because you're going to hurt. It's generally not a food issue. Most people think it's a food issue, but it's really not. It's just a pacing problem. You went out too hard, too fast for the distance you wanted to do. If you're on like a two or three hour bike ride and you're fading at the end, you probably went out too fast. You probably were going out with, especially if you're going out with friends. The friends take the pace. They might be a stronger cyclist than you. They go out a little hard early. You're following along. It doesn't really always feel hard, but it is, and that creates this continuing fatigue that will cause you to suffer at the end of a of a long bike ride or a triathlon race or whatever you're doing. And personally, I've and personally pacing is something I didn't always get. It took me a long time to realize that pacing is the key to making it through a workout, and it's not that I oh I just ran out of fuel or, or whatever at the end of the race. It, it really came from learning to race. I remember my early races where I would go out and I would bike so hard. And then the run would always just kind of come in. I never could run anywhere near what I trained at. It, it was always kind of that struggle bus at the end to run. And one, as I got a few years into the sport, I, I would back off some on biking. I wouldn't go as hard as biking. I learned how to like to have people pull me around the course where I wasn't going all out on the bike. And I found that my runs got faster. Some of my fastest runs came the season I really kind of backed off on of the biking. And what I found was even though I backed a little bit off on the biking, my bike times didn't really get a lot slower. They didn't get faster. They kind of hovered about where they were. But my runs went from 48-minute 10Ks to 44, 45 minute 10Ks. I picked up three minutes on the run where the bike was, you know, I, I, I might have maybe lost 30 seconds of the bike but I picked up three minutes on the run. All of a sudden I'm net two or three minutes faster. And it was all because I learned to better pace myself in a race. So the question really becomes at that point, how do we Know how do we go about learning how to pace? What do we do to get that pacing right? And really, there are no easy answers to this problem because it's so dependent on what is your level of fatigue coming into the day. It's dependent upon kind of how you're feeling that day. It depends on what your fitness levels are. And there's no easy answer because what one day I can go out and say run an eight-minute mile no problem, the next day a nine-minute mile might feel a struggle. So if I try to do that eight-minute mile on a day when an eight-and-a-half, nine feels like a struggle, I'm not going to have a good result that day. I'm going to bonk fairly early in that run because it's just too much for the body. The reality of it is you have to experiment with different pacing techniques in your training. Mostly, it really comes down to a feel for what different levels of exertion feels like and a thing because if I I can look at power on my bike computer and I know I want to what my threshold is I know where I can ride I kind of have to know like on a good day what that feels like that's that feeling I want to capture on race day I don't want to go beyond that one of the problems most people have when they race is they're like well I'm gonna I gotta hold this much power I gotta run at this speed when i'm running and and that's just not the way to race and get that result because if i'm trying to just hold a number maybe i'm going too hard that day and that's going to cause me to really suffer on the back end of the race the other problem you can potentially run into is if you have a jump i'm sitting here holding a set number well maybe that day i could have gone a lot faster than i than those numbers suggest that's why it's so important to get a feel for what different stresses on the body and that's where it's really useful when you're training that, hey, I'm going this pace. What does it feel like? How am I feeling today? Is this a good day, bad day? A lot of times you see that in the data. If, if I'm doing like interval works on the run, did I fade at the end? Well, then that pace was too hard. What did that pace feel like? Did I hit all my intervals for that day? How did that feel? That's what you need to develop in your training so that you can go out on race day and have the best race you can have based on that day because at the end of the day, I can't know how I'm gonna perform on race day. There's just too many variables involved. What I can do is control kind of that feeling of what it feels like and make sure I remain under control. Therefore, I can have the best pace race and I don't fall off at the end because falling off at the end is where you lose just so much time. So it's just something you're gonna have to go out and learn with experience. Unfortunately, it's not something that I can say, hey, here's a a fast rule for. You're actually going to have to pay attention while you're training to how the body is reacting to those stresses so that when you get into a race day situation, you can pay attention to your body and not necessarily the data. I mean, this is one of the reasons why so many athletes out there will cover their power meter, will cover their watch when they race. They want to collect the data for post-race analysis, but they don't want to have that data affect their race because they're oh my gosh I'm not going where I'm supposed to be or I'm going too fast I'm, I'm gonna fade at the end because I'm going too fast right now you want to race on that feel and not the number and that's where you have to use training to provide some guidance and then it's just experience when you go out and race over and over again you're gonna have to pay attention to that and, and see how your body responds on race day and, and what it gives you Well, that's all I had today. Again, we have a kind of short and abridged version today. Just wanted to kind of get some thoughts out there on pacing for people. We'll uh, wrap up the episode right now. For everybody out there, have a great day if you want.